Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, have you placed any bets lately? What have you been betting on? You've been betting on the NHL, the NBA. Did you bet on the Masters? How much money did you make? How much money did you lose? Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your sports book experts. This week, we're headed down to Orange County to talk some Trinity League basketball with head coach John Morris from Servite High School. A former three-sports star for the Friars, Morris graduated in 2001 and has been the head coach since the 2011-12 season after serving as an assistant to Tim Kelly for four seasons. Coach Morris joins me this week, and Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all you do for all of high school sports. Uh, three sports in high school. That's the Boy, that's gone the way of the, the telephone book uh, these days. What sports did you play? So I, I played – I came to Servi for basketball. Um, that, that was the sport I came here for. I ended up uh, playing football, basketball, and baseball. So I would say football was third on my list. Um, really ended up playing football my freshman year. Uh, played played basketball and baseball my freshman year as well. Came back out my senior year to, to play football and ended up getting a, a full scholarship to uh, Fresno State. So I was a 6'2 uh, all-league post player uh, for the basketball team and – you know, six two post players don't really get your school paid for. So, um, you know, so ended up being football is what paid the bills. Um, I love playing college football. Wouldn't wouldn't trade it uh, for anything in the world, um, except for otherwise my my knees and my head paying the price right now. So. <laughs> now, did you play for Pat Hill up there? I did play for Pat Hill. So John Baxter was my position coach there. Um, so I, I was blessed. Those were great guys. Um, you know, they coached hard. They they. Were, kind of similar to us in, in our basketball program any anywhere anytime anyone you know so it's it's kind of you just had to to buck up and go to work every day uh my freshman year uh, david carr was our quarterback and we, we were rated as high as number eight in the country uh fresno is a great college town to go go play college sports and especially being a, a bulldog football player what did you take from pat hill because he's an old school kind of guy that you've learned as far as lessons, as far as working with kids, teaching kids that, that you still use today? Yeah, I just think uh, Pat and that entire staff, Coach Batcher, my position coach, who I, I had a great relationship with, still talk to, they were truth tellers. You know, um, whether you liked it or not, they told you the truth. And uh, they told you what you needed to do to get on the field, what you needed to do to get better. Um, that's part of the reason why I committed there when I was getting recruited by some other schools um, is – they were honest. Every time we talked on the phone, they told me instead of telling me how good I was, they told me what I needed to do to get better if I wanted to come in and play as a freshman. And I'm sure you use that today. How do kids today, because a lot of people say, you know, kids are different today, but a lot of people I talk to say kids are kids and I teach high school. And I think for the most part, yeah, kids are kids. But sometimes I think kids don't want to hear the honest part about you know, maybe their talents or their, their abilities. How do you go about that? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, first off, we're honest and frank with our guys from start to finish. Um, 
I believe in that. I, I, as a player, I never wanted to guess where I stood with coach. I'd rather want to know exactly where I stood with them and can address what I needed to address uh, to get my playing time. Honestly, we tell our guys, we're, we're just telling you what you need to do to see the court. So um, don't take it personal. Uh, we're trying to win basketball games uh, and we're trying to put you guys in positions to help us win. With that being said, we spend a lot of time off the court building relationships with our guys. It is a relationship-based uh, industry being a coach. Um, I think that's something that's even through my, I think going on my 11th year as the head coach, uh, that's even something that's changed drastically, you know, as you have to spend a lot of time off the court with them, a lot of phone calls and texts following up. I have a great staff to where if I'm hard on a kid one day, I've got, I know I got an assistant, he knows to go and pick him up behind the scenes, pat him on the back. Uh, if I see uh, one of my assistants, uh, you know, getting on a kid pretty good, I'll be the one going on and pat him on the back, you know, and having that little side talk about what's going on. Um, basketball is an intense game. It's up and down. You don't have time to think. So it's getting these kids, uh, you know, not to overanalyze, not to overthink. Um, and our practices and our coaching style is structured that way, especially in the league we're in. Yeah, it's a very tough league. Now, how did you, and we'll talk about that in, as we get on in the podcast. How did you get into coaching? Yeah, so when I was done playing, uh, I came back to Servite. I had five knee surgeries before I was 21, a thumb surgery. Uh, I, I was a, a double-digit concussion guy. You know, it just a lot of those things that you just, you know, for the wear and tear of being a cop, I was, I was a fullback, middle linebacker, tight end. So uh, you hit with your head back then, too. You know, so I played at 6'2", 255, and I was definitely, you know, I may not have been the prettiest of athletes, but, um, you know, I'd hit you. So when I came back, uh, I moved back home after I was done playing. Uh, injuries ended my career shorter than I wanted to. And I got into coaching at Servite right away. I started off coaching football, uh, freshman football. One of my old coaches, Dane Jaco, got me into coaching right away. And Larry Toner, my, my old football coach, I got involved with that. Um, so I was coaching freshman. I was also running our video system for the varsity staff. Um, you know, and working that first year for free, that's that's something I think that's lost nowadays too is, you know, in the coaching, in the coaching world, everybody wants to – go to the top right away where I think it's important for every coach to coach freshmen, you know, and, and that's the foundation of coaching is really having to break it down and you have to mold these kids step by step, uh, whether it be fundamentals, X's and O's, um, how hard you need to play the game, the respect for your opponent, respect for officials. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes into coaching freshman sports that I think people take for granted. Um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, me coming back and coaching freshmen to start. Um, I don't know if I could do it again. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those that really helped me develop my coaching style. I coached uh, football, basketball, and helped run our golf program uh, while I was here. Um, you know, I thought for a while, I was, didn't know whether I'd be a football or, or basketball coach. And uh, when Tim Kelly, he, he resigned, they asked me to be the interim coach. Um, and that was, I think, 11 years ago. Um, it was after the school year started um, back in August one, one year. And uh, we haven't looked back since. You know, we you talk about freshman football or freshman basketball and the lower levels. And within every school in the Southern section, you know, wherever it is, those lower levels are so important. And I think people take them for granted. Like, I'm only a freshman coach. But I think the freshman coaching staff is probably the most important because they're building the foundation of the culture. They're teaching the basic fundamentals because a lot of the kids that come out for those sports, it's their first time really playing that sport competitively. Correct. Yes. Or, or and there's a big difference, right, between high school basketball and club basketball. And, and there's both of them are great, right? Like, I, I love that our guys play both. We encourage everybody to play club in high school. 
Uh, but there's just a different intensity to the high school game. Um, you know, for, for my lower level coaches, it's not necessarily about X's and O's. It's like you said, it's about instilling our culture. We're going to dive for loose balls. We're going to take charges. We share the basketball on offense. Uh, you're not going to talk to the officials. Um, you know, you're going to respect your coaches when your teammates, when you come off the court, all those things are the most important thing from, from honestly, from the socks they wear on game day, you know, it's a, that's a culture thing in our program to get that right. And, and kids have to learn lessons the, uh, the hard way at the lower levels. Even our varsity guys, were still having to learn those lessons, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, not bringing your proper shirt for game day and stuff like that. And that's where I think, you know, coaching needs to be more than just about sports. You know, it needs to be about setting our young men, uh, up for success in life after basketball. And it's the attention to detail and all the little things on a daily basis that's going to set them up to be successful husbands, fathers, businessmen, uh, whatever they end up doing down the road with their life. And, and as a coach, it's, it's funny. When I first started, I thought it was all about winning and losing. Um, and especially with COVID this year, I think it really put it in perspective that uh, we tell the guys at some point the ball is going to stop bouncing. At some point your game is going to be over. I don't care if you're fortunate enough to go play in the NBA and have a career. At some point the game ends. You know, and, and we faced a year, well, who are you without basketball? Who are you without sports? And I think, you know, a, a lot of people struggle with that because our society is such a result-based society now. Um, social media uh, has, has come into play so much. And uh, we found out, like, are we going to be okay without sports? And some people found out that life is pretty hard if you don't have sports, if you don't have your priorities straight. And a lot of times you take those things for granted. And have you seen when we all got back from COVID that there was an extra excitement at practice and an extra kind of, wow, this was taken away from us. Now we have it back. We really need to cherish these moments that we have because for seniors, it, it may be their last ones. 100%. So the enthusiasm was there. The hardest part, as, as for me as a coach in the league we're in, uh, we're, we're, we, we run a tough off-season program typically because we've got to build our guys to be so tough physically and mentally to withstand the challenges of our league and having to be so disciplined on offense and defense. Uh, when COVID hit, it was, it was just trying to make them look forward to being in the gym. That was, that was their opportunity. That was their opportunity to, to get out of the house, right? So that was their hour or two they could be out of the house. Uh, you know, we didn't want to have them diving on the floor for loose balls and taking charges and working defensive slides. So, we did a lot of individual focus, so they were excited to go to the gym. Uh, we did a lot of team building. We had a lot of talk about social justice issues, everything going on in the world. Um, you know, we spent two days a week having great meetings where uh, listening to how much our guys grew up and what they talked about and the experiences they shared, um, the empathy they showed, showed towards one another. But no matter how many games we, we win or lose this year, I think the proudest thing I'm going to have is how much we grew as individuals uh, this offseason with COVID. And then the challenge, right, is there was the honeymoon was over. We got back in. There was excitement. Honeymoon's over. And, and now you got to remind these guys every once in a while when they come in a little tired, uh, you know, maybe beat up from a game or after a loss, like, hey, just put yourself back six months ago when we didn't have this. You know, don't take this for granted. Yeah, it's, it's the pain. Hey, guys, it hurts right now, but imagine – Let's go back six months when you weren't playing. Now, you played three sports. You played for multiple coaches. How did each of those sports help you with other sports? Because I think we've, we're seeing more kids specialize in things, and I'm a big proponent of multiple sports. How did playing them help you, you know, working different muscle groups, playing different sports, learning from different coaches, um, and, and getting away from one or the other? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously basketball, you take a sport like basketball, there's a lot of skill involved, right? Um, but if you look at a lot of the guys in, in the NBA and stuff, those guys played others. Look at LeBron James. He was an excellent football player, you know? So um, there's just – obviously it, playing multiple sports keeps the burnout factor out. You know, it, it's it's tough when you're in one thing year-round, being around the same coach. Um, it, you have to work in different team settings, working with different personalities. Obviously every sport brings from a movement standard of how you have to move and react is going to be different. Um, and, and game planning for sports are different too. So – um, you know, it's, 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 there's a reason in college you have general education, right? It's, it's you go through your first two years, take a lot of general ed classes to kind of help see who you are, what you want to be. If you don't know what your major is, be exposed to a lot of different things. Um, and then in your, your last two years of college is where you really hone in on your major. And I, I think, I don't think there's any reason high school athletes shouldn't be playing three sports through at least their sophomore year, if not more, you know, at some point I get, if you're a recruitable athlete, um, you know, going into your junior year and, hey, maybe time to cut one out or focus on one. Um, I still encourage we, – we had Neil Powell. He's, he's playing at BYU. He's got his banner hanging on the wall for basketball. He's an all-CIF player for us in basketball uh, six or seven years ago. And he was a football, basketball, volleyball guy, you know, and he, he was all-CIF um, basketball for us and is a wide receiver for BYU now. You know, so if you're good enough, you'll get it done. And as a coach, uh, my whole deal, as long as you're representing Servite, if you're coming from football or – we had Christian Martinez uh, a few years back. He was a water polo basketball swimmer. He's swimming at UC Santa Barbara now. And then when you get in the gym, if you're one of our better better players and you've been representing Survive, you're, you're going to be thrown in the lineup and just go. So I also think that's on the coach too. we got to, you know, obviously when you're with your guys year-round, um, you know, it's hard not to be more loyal to your guys that are in the gym with you year-round. But it's also understanding when these guys are multi-sport athletes, they're representing your school. They're representing Servite High School. Um, you know, they're not going out and missing for club stuff. It's, it's for Servite High School. And uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been around so many people. How have you changed over the years as a coach? And, and what have you learned as far as, hey, this works more than this or this really didn't work. I tried it. I got to just get rid of that and move on from it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's try. You can't be a stubborn coach. So I, I tell people I when I first started coaching, I probably coached my freshman teams harder than I do my varsity teams now. It's a sign of the times. My, my, my standards are still there. You know, how we get them to that bottom line standard, how we get them to buy into our culture might be a little bit different. Kids are just as tough as they've always been, in my opinion. I, I don't like it when people say kids aren't as tough as they used to be. I, I completely disagree with that. Um, I just think we got to go through a different path to get them to that same toughness, um, to get them to that buy-in factor. Um, and also you, you have to have your bottom line standards for your program when you're a coach and you have to have things you believe in. Uh, there's certain things that you don't waver on. Um, but as far as X's and O's, you know, we're not like a system program because we don't know what we got until August. You know, it's not like a college where we can go out and recruit guys to fit our system. Um, so you have to be flexible with that. Um, I've also learned that it, it, it can't just be about winning and losing. You know, I mean, everybody wants to win and nobody likes to lose. You know, again, it's it's about the relationships you build on and off the court with your guys. It's about getting these guys ready for life without basketball. Um, and our job is to make these guys become better members of society um, and find a way to contribute and make our world a better world. And that's a platform we have as high school coaches. And I think that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly by any of us that are in this profession. Well, in sports, I don't care what you play, you're, you're going to lose. It, it doesn't matter what sport you're in. You're not going to win every game every year. You're not going to win every tournament. And there's a lot to be said to teach kids from losing as far as how to deal with adversity, 
how to pick yourself up when things aren't going your well, how to come back the next day and 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 still put forth your best effort. Because like you said, in basketball, the ball's going to stop bouncing one day. Correct. Yeah, basketball is one of those one in, one in five games you're going to struggle. You know, I mean, that's that's why it's so special to win a tournament. That's why it's so hard for teams to go win March Madness, you know. Um, you know, and, and how do you handle the adversity of that one in five? You know, there's – there's probably one in five days you go to work, you have a bad day at work, and you got to find a way to get through it. You know, and that's that's again, like you said, those are the lessons we need to teach as coaches. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break here, real quick. Uh, pay some of the bills. Hey, have you heard about all this new CBD stuff? Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're vegan, low in sugar, founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, Paul Rodriguez, because they wanted to create a product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need help with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I recommend you give these a try. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies with the code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. That's buy one, get one free at JustLive.com. Use the code SUPPORT. Are you somebody that wears sunglasses? I'm not. They would always break. They would get scratched. I would lose them. However, it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. These sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive Code KanonCast15 at Kanon.com, K-A-E-N-O-N.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's KanonCast15. Kanon, clearly better. Uh, Coach John Morris from Servite High School Basketball joining me on the podcast this week. Coach, we all know the Trinity League is, is very well known for football. But there's some really good basketball teams in that league. Modern day, obviously, is always a top-notch team. Bosco's done well, you know, the last few years. Olu's had some nice talent as well as Santa Margarita. What's it going to take for you guys to get to the top echelon of the league? That's just tough. we got to keep plugging away and keep grinding. So uh, we have great kids. Last year we finished 17-11. and 11. We were fourth place in the league. Uh, we lost to Modern Day by four at Modern Day. We lost to Bosco by four in overtime. I think we finished the year ranked number three in our division and and didn't get in the playoffs. You know, so um, that's it's just uh, you know we're in a great league and it's it's one where you've got to embrace the competition. You know, we're going into league eleven and two right now. Um, we're a very young team. We're playing one freshman, five sophomores, a junior, and a senior. You know, so it's uh, you know it's going through and it's it's about getting better and keep keep chipping away. Um, we have to be extremely sound on defense and offense. We have to take care of the basketball. We're not in a position to not take care of the little things on a daily basis. Um, you know, it's one of those, there's a lot of pressure on our guys to to have no margin for error in our game plans. Um, you know, that's one thing I, I, I feel my staff does a great job. We do a great job of video breakdown and game plans. And, you know, I, I haven't played college football and having coached varsity football is too. I really take, a you know, the analytics side of, breaking down film uh, for, for our opponents. And, you know, we, we usually have three to five game films of every opponent. Um, we have a, a great prep. We have a group that does a great job with cards and, and running scout offense. 
um, you know, and get prepped for every game. So um, we just have to do all the little things. And as coaches, we have to do everything we can to take advantage of, of the film study we have, of our scout reports, um, to push our guys. And we have to coach our guys on a daily basis to, to demand perfection from themselves. In a sport, that's imperfect. You, you look at the, the league you guys have. You're all faith-based schools. You know, some are all boys, some are, some are co-ed. And the coaches are some of the best in, in Southern California. And I know that there are rivalries in there, but how much respect do you guys have for each other when you step out on that floor? Yeah, I think that's something that, that's probably misunderstood about our league is, is we all have great respect for each other. Now, obviously, in the moment for those 32 minutes, uh, you know, there's no love lost, right? We're trying to beat each other. Uh, but when the game's over um, – you know, we have great relationships. Uh, Gary and I have an awesome relationship. He's been a great mentor to me. Uh, he's been nothing but good to me. Um, it's crazy. It's weird for me. I'm I'm 38, and I think I'm the second longest tenured coach in the league now. So, knock on wood, right? Hopefully, I didn't jinx myself. But, you know, um, you know, Keith is a great guy down at J. Sarah. Justin was new down at uh, Santa Margarita last year, but we've got a great relationship with him. Matt Dunn's an exceptional guy. I have a great relationship with Matt as well. Um, so I've been blessed, and you got Daniel as a, a new young guy over at, at Obu. It uh, reminds me a lot of me when he took over the program. I think he's he's about the same age I was when I took over at Servite. And we all have great relationships, and we're all there for each other. And in the moment, you want to you want to you know meet each other when you play, but you know we have great conversations, not just about basketball, but about life. You know, and and I really appreciate the relationships and I've had with the coaches in our league, uh, especially with Gary and Matt. They've been great friends to me. I could call them friends. Um, with our relationship, because it's it's not just about basketball when we're talking on the phone. Your student section, you know, I I go to a lot of games all over the place, and and I see different student sections. There's something special about the asylum at Servite, isn't there? Yeah. So when I first took over, um, that was a focus of mine. Was really cranking that up. And, and the crazy thing is, is it's pretty neat. But looking back on it, when we got that thing really rocking and rolling again. I think it really spurred every other school to put some focus and intentionality into their student sections. And now we have this student section craze going kind of started in Orange County and now it's spread everywhere. And I think it's something that's been a great source of school pride for everybody. Um, and it's a great experience to, there's something different about going to a basketball game as opposed to a football game, the interaction between the crowd in a hot, sweaty gym. Um, our gym is part of that too. The, our, our fans are right on the court. The walls start dripping with sweat. Um, you know, in about the second half. And again, the all boys factor, I think, is something that, that makes it to a whole nother notch. You know, they're in there just, just being brothers to one another. Servite talks about a brotherhood. And win, lose, or draw, those guys are, are great about supporting us. Um, you know, they're great about making adjustments. We have good kids. And, and you know, it's just an, an awesome thing to coach in front of. It's an awesome thing to play in front of. And you'll still talk to some guys that want to play Division One college basketball. They'll say that was the most intense environment they ever played in was being at the asylum at Servite. And you're right. It's Football is one of those things where you, you get more people, but they're so much farther away. In basketball, man, they're right on top of you, and you can, you can hear everything. And if you've got rabbit ears, man, you're going to be in some trouble, and especially when it's that respectful banter going back and forth in a rivalry like Servite Modern Day or – you know, modern day Bosco or whatever it is, that's got to make it fun for the kids too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Especially, you know, we have a great rivalry with Olu, probably one of the funnest games every year typically. And we're playing Olu tomorrow night. So it's a bummer. We don't have the crowds, but that's one where we're so close. And, 
our league's so spread out, you know, distance wise, that it's hard to get two student sections in the gym, you know, so you know, typically Olu and us have a great, when you talk about that back and forth banter between the two schools and the student section, and then when the game's over, it's nothing but love, you know, so. It's going pretty well for you guys right now. You said 11 and two. What is it that you like about this team? Because you're being led by some youth and experience. You mentioned the youth, you know, Tyler Small is a sophomore, second on the team at scoring. And then three-year varsity guy, Andrew Cook, is is your leading scorer. What is it about this team that you like? Yeah, they're just fun to show up and go to work with every day. You know, and like I said, we spent a lot of time during COVID. Uh, we focused on our, our mantra the whole time during COVID was focus on what we can do, not what we can't do. You know, so we could have sit here and complained and looked at all the restrictions we had in place and we could have let it eat at us, you know, or we could have gotten better. You know, and we did a lot of team building. We had talks uh, about the social justice issues going on in the world. We have a very diverse group and to see the respect, love and empathy these guys had for each other and coming from different experiences, whether it be, uh, you know, socially, socioeconomics, racially, religiously, um, they really opened up and, and listened to each other and put themselves in each other's shoes um, and showed great empathy for each other. And I think that created a great bond. Um, and we learned that we can speak the truth to each other. You know, we don't have to agree. We don't have to see eye to eye on everything, but we need to put our, try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Um, and we got a, guy, a bunch of guys that are just willing to go to work every day. Andrew Cook's done a great job as the senior leader for us. I demand the most out of my best players and the guys that I expect the most. Um, that's one thing for me as a coach. I, I, I believe the guys that can do the most for you should be held to the highest standard. So um, he gets it probably the hardest out of everybody for me. Um, and that's because I want to see him not only be successful for us, but when he gets a chance to go play college basketball next year, wherever he goes, that he's ready for that task at hand um, when he gets to that next level. And then our young guys are doing a great job of, of trying to be leaders as well and going through it. Tyler played varsity for us last year. We only have two guys that have varsity playing experience. So we're very blessed and fortunate to be sitting here 11 and 2. Um, at times, our, our youth has showed. Um, you know, at times, we got a lot of good basketball players um, that, you know, it's going to be a tough stretch coming up for these 10 games of league. Uh, but I know they're going to fight till the end. We're very sound on defense. And if we can get a little more disciplined on offense, um, you know, and hit some shots from the perimeter, I think we're going to be a tough out, especially at our, at our place. Uh, you're part of the Positive Coaching Alliance. And by the name of it, it's pretty self-explanatory. But what does the Alliance do as far as workshops, training, um, like follow-up stuff to keep in touch with coaches? And how do people get involved? Yeah, so, I mean, you just sign up. So, um, and, and there's a lot of info to read and go through. They have their webinars. They have a bunch online that you can do. Um, you know, I, I think I'm a guy, I believe more in, in life experience on, on developing your coaching style um, and, and, you know, it's so nice nowadays with, with social media. There is a gift to that, right? There's a gift and encouraged to all the social media and everything you can go through. Uh, but you don't necessarily have to sit there and read a book anymore, you know? Um, I also think sometimes um, we have to realize, too, that what's in a book or in a seminar or in a webinar, that, that's in a perfect case scenario, right? So they, they tend to sometimes, you know, make it look too too nice on paper, per se, and it's taking the little bits of information, finding it, tailoring it to your program and your style. Um, I, I think sometimes what people don't realize is positive coaching alliance doesn't necessarily mean uh, not coaching hard. Uh, you can coach hard. You can demand from your guys uh, and, and still be true to that positive coaching alliance, you know, so. 
And I think you said it earlier and you said it very well that if I'm going to be the guy riding the guy and being hard on a guy, I've got to go around to that young man or that young lady, whether you coach girls or boys sports and, and kind of tell them, Hey, this is why I'm doing it because I see so much more potential in you. And maybe you're just not getting everything out of the, the, the student athlete that you think they should. And maybe they're just not reaching their full potential. Yeah, for sure. And as a coach, I think the one thing, and we, we all we all have been there and done that and made our mistakes and maybe lit up a kid that we shouldn't have or go back, watch the film, and realize you're wrong. And a simple text or phone call saying, my bad, and that was on me on that one. You know, it's it's an emotional sport. Coaching is emotional. Um, you know, you try not to be reactive. Uh, but at times it does happen. You're going to be around each other 24-7. We're around these kids more than we are our own families, you know, and vice versa. So, um, I think, you know, as coaches, when we make mistakes, just own it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Just as we tell our players, when you make a mistake, just own it. One thing we do do is, you know, I, I get up and I, I'm, a, I'm an early morning guy, so I read a devotional every morning. And uh, I, I send a text to our guys every morning with a devotional every morning at 7 a.m. that I think fits kind of where we are on that day. So six days a week, they're getting a little morning devotional um, just to kind of center themselves and make sure they know what it's truly about is our faith, first and foremost. And at a school like Servite, you know, and, and all the schools down there, and, and I'm a Crespi alum, and, you know, we all come from that faith-based background. And I think sometimes we forget how really important that is in the lives of young people. Correct. Um, AAU and travel. You know, I it's it's been around forever. Are, are kids playing too much? And, you know, when I watch a game, and I'm not as well-versed in, in the things as, as you are, but to me, when I watch a game, I, it seems that some of the fundamentals are lost and, and people are just relying more on athleticism today instead of the, the team game like we saw years ago. Do you find that as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think kids are playing too much year-round, and that's not just club ball and AU ball. I think high schools are playing too much year-round. So um, for me, I try to find a good balance. We've actually reduced the amount we're playing year-round. Um, you know, I traditionally run a fall league and spring league on, on Wednesday nights uh, during the fall and spring. I stay away from the weekends for the most part, especially fall and spring. Summer ball, we are in our tournaments and we are doing some stuff. But I've tried to play less in the offseason because these kids are going to go play club ball, and I think it's super beneficial for them. They get to play different styles. It's a more open game to where they can expand their game. Um, they're playing for a different voice. So, again, it's coaches. Club, club ball is there, and it's a great asset. I've – I don't think club ball is a detriment to these kids. I think it's a great resource. And I think uh, working in combination with club and high school, um, at the end of the day, it's doing what's best for the young young men and young women. I say young men because I'm coaching that old boys school, but young men and young women in our programs. Um, and as a high school coach, I can I can either adjust or not. You know, And for me, I'm the one that's going to adjust. Uh, I do think kids play too much year-round. So for us, we, we definitely have taken the air out of the ball a little bit in the offseason as well. What kind of relationship do you have with the club coaches? Because, you know, you, you hear these kids that come in and say, well, my club coach said, or my personal trainer said, or my, my personal coach said this, and you're trying to teach them maybe something a little bit different. How do you deal with that kind of, uh, let's say, dichotomy with that with the kids? Yeah, so it's, again, being honest and upfront with the kids, and I, I'm not saying uh, the information they're getting is, is wrong or right. Uh, if you don't do what we're asking to do on the court, that's your playing time, not mine. You know, so that's that's where it comes down to. If you want to see the court for us, we're going to ask you to do it a certain way. And if you don't, then it's not going to work. And 
you know, like I always say, if you, if you can shoot it and put it in the hole, then why wouldn't we have you shoot and put it in the hole? You know, if you can attack the basket, get to the rim and score for us, we're not going to stop you from doing that. Um, it's our job when we get to the season. We play an open game in the offseason, too, because I'm about expanding these kids' game individually uh, in the offseason. As we get closer into the fall, as we progress into our season, that's where we get start getting our system implemented. Um, you know, and that's their time to show us what they can do. Um, and then it's our job after that. We have to hit a certain point where now we got to get our system based uh, off of what our guys have shown us they can do. And when we get to season, uh, everybody's got a role. Um, Andrew Cook is our leading scorer and Tyler Smolzer. They're going to take some bad shots and they're going to miss some shots, but they also are the ones that all of a sudden can hit five, six in a row, you know? So um, with that, that's, you know, where I think coaches, uh, you know, you just need to know your personnel. Um, you know, and it's not getting in the tit for tat with trainers or club coaches. And in my in my opinion, I think those guys are all trying to do what they think is best for the kid in the situation too. Sometimes it aligns with us, sometimes it doesn't. Um, the times it does align, obviously it makes it easier. But the times it doesn't, you know, it's just that, that's on the kid. He's it's he's just gotta. Am I gonna do what coaches that my high school coach asked me to do so I can play and get on the court? Um, you know, for me, I'd be doing that. Yeah. Well, Coach, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to spend with me today. The last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five questions that are just off the wall. All right. Who were you in your backyard growing up athletically? Crazy. Your favorite athlete growing up? Probably Wally Joyner. Oh, wow. Okay. The athlete you never saw. Wally World. Wally, I remember Wally World. Athlete you never saw play but wish you did. Probably got to go. We're, still, we're talking in person, right? So I, I probably got to go like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Favorite sport to play growing up and in high school? Basketball. And the athletic talent you wish you had? My wife's. <laughs> Awesome. Well, coach, hopefully she listens to this. She probably won't. So yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Hey, continued uh, success to you guys this year, you know, as you, you head into league and, and as you, as you, you know, move forward and it's great that these kids are back and, you know, it's gotta be a lot of fun for everybody. And I just want to thank you again for taking the time to do this with me. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you for all you do for all of high school sports. Oh, you're welcome, Coach. And everybody else out there, thank you for listening. Uh, Coach John Morris from Servite High School, thank you again. And everybody out there, hey, man, get your vaccination. Keep your masks on. Let's keep doing what we're doing so these kids can finish their seasons and we can move forward into next year's athletic contests. And thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.